Cheers. Prost. Bill Shankly, the legendary manager of Liverpool Football Club, he once said, some people believe football is a matter of life and death. I am very disappointed with that attitude. I can assure you, it is much, much more important than that. It's deep. I guess. <laughs> when you when you're over in Europe and you're able to see what it actually means to the people, you can definitely see that it means more than life or death. And sometimes it leads to death. Uh, what was it? A game earlier this year in Brazil, where there was a, a red card. The player attacked the referee. The referee, some reason, was holding a knife, stabbed the player, killed him. Now, the story just doesn't stop there. The fans of the team stormed on the field. They beheaded the ref and put his head in the middle of the field on a stake. So I guess for him it led to death, but for the fans it does mean... I don't know why I'm laughing at this. <laughs> like, that's fucked up. I, I remember reading about that. And I... That is fucked up. So this is just a, uh, a little thing for FIFA. 2014, Brazil. <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave it off at there. Yeah. Uh, travel at your own risk. Yeah, yeah all right, so why, why football? Uh, why football? Oh, why not football? Football is the greatest sport on earth. Football, NASCAR. What got you started? Football is better. Uh, you know what? Again, being Polish, I got into the game early, early on. Uh, my parents don't know the game. They're they're they're, they're stupid. So I but, see uh, that that goes down. Apple doesn't fall fall <laughs> far from the tree. Yeah. So I support Poland, and I grew up in a Polish. Polish house, uh, we actually watched F1 uh, racing. That was, that was our sport. But uh, my cousin, who, um, who got me into this sport because his, his, uh, his dad was watching the World Cup, Euro Cups, he always came over and had the game on. Um, I don't know, I just got into it by just watching what he was doing. And just, uh, oh, that's a cool cool sport on TV. Why do you, why is that on? Why, why don't we watch like, you know, curling or, you know, what, what do we play here in Canada? Fucking tennis or something. <laughs> um, Davis cup semifinalists. <laughs> Fuck that wrong sport. <laughs> so I just want, I just, you know, it came down from, from, uh, my far family. And, uh, so I just, you know, started playing it. As a young age, too, my parents got me into into footy when I was in grade one, what was it? Grade one, two. I started playing it all through elementary school, was on the teams in high school. <laughs> I played, I played soccer uh, when I was like nine years old. I had like this wicked rat tail. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't get me started on the rat tail. <laughs> my brother was here, he'd be telling you about the tail of my rat tail. <laughs> now, I know you've got, you got German blood. And you've Even got, though. You've got German blood and Greek blood. Yeah. Now, when, when that national flag goes up and, you know, you got to start singing to your allegiance to an anthem, which one is it? Well, and if you say Greece, fuck your 2004. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can name about two people on the Greek team, so, and I, I think I could name people from the under-15 German team, so 
that just shows you that I, f- I follow the German league a lot more. I know the players inside out. Also, just means you can't read Greek. That's like <laughs> yeah, they, they've got like thirty-two letters in their alphabet. I mean, they've got know, like triangles are letters. I know and like stuff. alpha and omega and theta. I think and a couple of them, like the more obscure ones. But yeah, I couldn't actually put a word together if I tried. Yeah, no, and it. Uh, I'm more closer to my German side of the family, so my Oma and Opa, you know, they during World Cups and Euro Cups and whatnot, that that would actually be broadcasted. You know, you would watch the you'd watch the Germany games. And so now the good thing is with Goal TV being here, you're actually able to get some Bundesliga yeah. and uh, you're able to watch it, so cool, man. So it's like with your your grandparents, is that like your family and stuff that's what kinda of got you into football from the beginning or Well, I <laughs> I uh, I grew up playing footy with uh, with a rat tail, just like you. Nice. <laughs> just just down that left wing, that rat tail was ninety degrees flowing because I was burning by defenders, and uh, <laughs> so I just. But um, in Canada, we haven't really had the best coverage, mm. so I guess it didn't really start watching it until we all got together, right? Yeah, I mean, kind of as a group. Like you, you like. We we would only get the Premier League here pretty much, so uh, yeah, you'd watch the odd game, but you never really, you never really got into it, right? Until well, and even even today, even though like, we have tons of coverage, it's on Rogers. So it's like you get to see the game, and then you have to listen to fucking Dobson and Forrest talk. Yeah. So then you just turn off, and and I think that's why we drink so much when we watch football because like, <laughs> we don't want to hear them talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's they're the human mute button. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's why that's why in the intermission what do we do we get a game of FIFA in. yeah so yeah, perfectly fifteen minute info. game because <laughs> it's they're just but a if we bore. If, if we had the Beeb or if we had Sky or something like, there's actually you have like an hour and a half of coverage before an hour and a half oh. like, you get a good a good fifteen minute halftime you have like another hour and a half three hours depending on the on the match day after like we could spend oh. like basically a, a working day watching one broadcast well if if we had the same coverage. As we do hockey here, mm-hmm. right? How how big hockey is here? If we had that same coverage in football, think of how much you know we'd be more consumed in it. See that that's why over here I think this is nothing to take away from the European fans over there. Don't, don't get me wrong; they're really passionate. Yeah. But over here, it takes a level of dedication. I mean, you got to be up at seven in the morning on the weekend to watch a game. Yeah. You have to take work off during the week. At two forty-five to watch the Champions, Champions League games, yeah. So, yeah, you know what? We might not be able to go to every game. You know, I've had the privilege of going to games in Europe, which are unlike anything else that I've been to. But in order to to follow it, because it's not in our regular news stream, we have to go out of our regular news stream to find it. Yeah. And so, it, that that takes a level of dedication to keep up with all the. You know, it's not just like shoved in our face. Yeah, you have to actually look for it. Yeah, and I'm gonna actually take that point, the that that idea of like the the, the passion and like the the media and everything that's involved around it, and to, to tell you my story about like how why I'm in football or not in football, but why I follow football. <clears throat> so born and raised, you know, southern southwest Ontario, Toronto Maple Leafs fan, you know, how it is. Uh, played uh, white, baby. played soccer when I was a kid. Had soccer? a rat tail, you know. Like <laughs> I, ripping my steez off. <laughs> I, uh, I was always a defender for most sports until I got into hockey and eventually started playing forward and stuff. But that, that was the thing. is like 
soccer was something that after a certain age is like something I just I didn't enjoy. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was kind of boring. Got and everybody where I'm from, I'm from a small ass little redneck town of 900 people. The only game you play is hockey, so that's the natural progression of where I'm from. Chatham Maroons, <clears throat> baby. <laughs> well, so uh, you know, you spend all that time playing hockey, watching hockey. Like your whole life is involved in that, so I can understand you. You know, that over in Europe, and like anybody that actually follows football now, or like I follow football now. Um, but we get to the lockout of 2004 uh, of the NHL. Um, and I was like, well, I need sports. Like, I, I need yeah. something to be attached to. I need to have something, that, something that's bigger than me that I, that I can follow in, in an emotion to be attached to at, at all points of every day. And so I, I tried. You know, I tried watching CFL. Uh, I tried watching NFL. Oh. I, was like, nah. I tried watching basketball. Oh, Jesus. I shot Don't myself get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't so hear of CFL until like four or five Until you, you moved to you Toronto. Until you <laughs> 50 yards from the, <laughs> oh, yeah. from the Rogers Center. <laughs> A.K.A. Skydome for all so, you um, baseball listeners out there. <laughs> so, yeah, during, during that time, uh, I watched a movie. It was called Formula, 50, Formula 51. Uh, it, it's, it's got a different name over in the U.K. I forget what it is, but it's, it's Robert Carlyle and Samuel L. Jackson. And, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And Samuel L. Jackson has this, this uh, 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 recipe for a, a drug, kind of like ecstasy, whatever. Yeah. He calls it Formula 51. And Robert Carlyle works for a drug lord. And he's kind of taking care of him. But the whole time, anyways, the, the movie's kind of pointless. Like the, I like the movie, but the, the movie's pointless in the story. But the entire time, Robert Carlyle is wearing this red shirt with Carlsberg across the chest. Yeah. And so just that going on, and at the very end of the movie, they go watch a football match. And uh, Meatloaf, yeah, Meatloaf's in the movie too. <laughs> he gets blown up. His name's a lizard. Uh, he blows up, whatever. But the whole time I watch this movie, I'm like, what is that shirt? What is that shirt? What is that shirt? I keep thinking about it. And not too long after that, a friend of mine brings over, I think it was like FIFA 05. Or 04 or something. I think it was FIFA 05. Brought over playing it. And then I ended up renting it. I'm like, I kind of like this game. I kind of like playing soccer, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm going through FIFA. And, like, you, you look at the, the catalog of teams on FIFA. And you're like, hey, what team has this red shirt? And I spent days trying to find it. Finally, I find Liverpool. I was like, okay, cool. Liverpool's good. And then I'm playing the video game. And then I happened to... I noticed this number eight in midfield is actually pretty good, even on a video game. Okay, cool. And then one day I wake up early on a Saturday, notice that soccer's on, and this red team Liverpool is yeah. playing. And so, you know, I kind of start flying. It's got this, like, little connection to me. And uh, I started waking up early every single Saturday to watch this game, watch this game. And, like, this starts off in, like, I think it was, like, October is when I started watching it, finally. And then it took me two more months to understand the schedule between what the Premiership is, what the League Cup is, what the FA Cup is, what the Champions League is. Because so, at one point, like, why? They're playing on Saturday, they're playing Tuesday, they play Wednesday. Like, I don't understand. Um, and then eventually we get to, at this point I'm hooked, and to me... baseball's every day. <laughs> at this point I'm hooked, and to me, Steven Gerrard is, like, the best player on, on the planet, from what I can gather. And even to this day, he's still my favorite player. Um, and then my, my, my favorite story about that is that we go to the Champions League that year, which is interesting, because, like, the year that I start following it, we go to the Champions League, and to me, it's like this fucking amazing roller coaster. like, we're going to win a championship. I'm, I've been a Leafs fan my entire life. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, I was working midnights, and uh, I, I stayed up after work to watch the Champions League final. You know, we, we go down one of the Milan in the first less than a minute. I think it was like 30 seconds or something when Maldini scored, and then they start tearing us apart, 3-0 at halftime. Remember, I was working midnights, and I had not gone to sleep yet. I, I was still awake. 
I fall asleep on the couch at halftime. The next moment that I wake up, I open my eyes, and all I see is Jersey Dudek put out a hand to his right, the ball go over the net, and Shevchenko dropped to the ground, grabbed his head. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Because Liverpool just like runs on the field, they're all celebrating. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And then, of course, it took me, I think it was three days. Like, I read everything I could, but it took me three days to like, finally find a download to like, see the final. And yeah. and it was so disappointing to like, like, fuck, I missed that. To not be in that moment when it actually happened. But, um, but yeah, so, yeah, so that's, that's my story of why I follow football. That's my story of why I'm a Liverpool supporter. And then I, I do a bunch of like background research. Uh, of course, my, my family's English, so I, su- I support England. And then a couple of years ago, I found out that my one of my great uncles used to be a striker for Liverpool in the uh, in the uh, the the forties. So, yeah. Oh really? Yeah, Harry Smiley. Yeah. All right. So this summer, obviously the, the transfer window uh, always an interesting part of the year. Um, it's it's something that people that watch any North American sports they don't understand what's a transfer window. We have the transfer deadline day, then we have free agency. But with uh, with football, we have a month. Or I guess summertime it's like two months, and then yeah. at Christmas we have one month where you can make your all your, do all your transfer business. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, tonight's show is brought to you by uh, Molson Canadian. <laughs> good Canadian beer. Uh, good, good old Canadian beer. Don Cherry would be proud of us. Which way Don Cherry in is a piano. Oh, we should get him here talking about football. He'd love it. Yeah. Really. So this summer in the transfer window, anything strike you? Well, it's. I would have to. All right, I'll be here. Okay. Bail. Oh, over oh, fucking. It's oh, just overblown. Typical, like British inflation what in terms it, of. Don't 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 get me wrong. Fantastic player, world class. But there there was a great. Well, I think it's technically hundred million euros is what it was. There, there was a great stat I saw, of uh, of. In comparison between Gareth Bale and Marco Royce. Marco Royce, he had a buyout clause from uh, Gladbach for 17.5 million euros. And uh, today, Marco Royce had, uh, what was it, um, 43, uh, no, what was it, 50 goals and, and 36 assists and 118 appearances. Gareth Bale had 43 goals and 31 assists and 150 appearances. And just look at the difference in, in uh, value. And you can say, oh, you know, Marco Royce, he played for Borussia Dortmund, German powerhouse. Well, before that, he played for Gladbach, mm-hmm. a relegation team that he took one year in the relegation playoff that he single-handedly won for Gladbach, <laughs> took them to the Champions League the next year before he left for Dortmund. So it's just... I think a lot of it has to do also with Madrid, they always want to buy the biggest players. They never want to develop talent. They, they, they want, want to they buy. Want, they want the sexy name. Yeah, exactly. They, they want they, because I think well, Madrid's like Madrid is as smart as they are. They're, they're as rich as they are because they know that like they'll put the money out to buy that player because those shirt sales Probably. are gonna are gonna cover it. And you gotta think like, okay, Marco Royce, yeah, he's you know this is great young German player. But he's also a great young German player in a sea of really good German players as well around him. Whereas Gareth Bale is like this standout Welsh player that anybody that doesn't know that Wales is even its own country. <laughs> um, <laughs> that like you know he stands out that much. And the fact that like a team like Tottenham who did so well last year that with the whole fucking 
motto of, 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 the, of the club well, was just tough. give it to Bale, basically. Like, I don't want to say they're completely one-dimensional, but in a roundabout way, yeah, they were pretty much one-dimensional last year. Um, I, I think what, what Tottenham have done this year in the transfer market is just phenomenal. I mean, yeah, they've... Since they've had Gareth Bale, have they, have they had a start like this? I don't believe top, so. Top of the league right now? I could be wrong, but I, I, I don't believe so. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, a superstar is a superstar, but they're not going to be there every game. I mean, superstars have days off. Yep. And so for for the money that they got for Gareth Bale, look at all the players they've introduced to the club. I Which mean, is Christian Eriksen, great Great playmaker. There were so many teams that were supposed to be in for him too that just kind of like passed him off. Uh, Dortmund, Liverpool. Him, he's he's been like, oh, why didn't we sign him? And you know, 12, 12 million. Yeah. Twelve million. We're talking here for a phenomenal playmaker, so underrated. And he he moved at the right time. He didn't move too early. He uh, he was like, how much can be said for that? For the Ajax Academy. I mean, the players that they've turned out over the years, uh, Holland in general, right, just turns out the attacking players, like their defense, that's another uh, another, uh, another topic, but the attacking players, can it really <laughs> that's, be questioned? That's, another, that's like a, a special weekend or something. <laughs> I mean, how many, how many countries can really boast the attacking talents that the Dutch have? I mean, just year after year, they just keep turning them out. And so he, he was in that academy for, for a while and, you know, grew up in the system and uh, great, fantastic player and a real big coup, I think, for, uh, well, for how Tottenham. Many, how many, uh, Tottenham signed, what, six players? Uh, well, yeah, it, who they have? Polino, uh, Lamella, uh, uh, Negredo, uh, Soldado. Soldado. And there was one other one. Was it Negredo? Erickson, Erickson's five. Was it Negredo, uh, Man City? Yes, probably. <laughs> Goddamn Canadians. We've been having a few drinks. <laughs> um, anyways. The, the, whatever. F- fuck the details. But I think... <laughs> but yeah, sure they five or six players. Five or six players. And, and, and Bale's transfer covered... All of them. 90% of that. I think they spent like 100 million, uh, 100 million pounds, and his transfer was like 85 million pounds. Which, when you think of any club that they're going to try to do any business, especially now with like the financial fail play... <clears throat> let's let's be honest. It's a bit of a joke, anyways. But granted, mo- most clubs are probably looking about between a twenty-five to forty million dollar transfer budget at this point now. Well, and the fact that Spurs were essentially able to revamp ninety percent of their starting eleven by the sale of one player. I mean, great business for Daniel Levy. Great business for Tottenham. And you know, Madrid gets the player that they want. But you know what? Madrid or Bale's just he's he's not going to be Ronaldo. He's not gonna like he, maybe maybe in the future he'll he'll kind of like slowly segue as Ronaldo gets a bit older and then Bale can kind of take over. But like right now, it's like that's a lot of money to put on the shoulders of such a young guy when you've already got quite a talented team and you've already got the superstar that is always going to stay the superstar until he decides that he isn't and he's going to leave and he just signed a new contract too. So well, one thing that I thought was uh, was interesting is. If so, Tottenham was able to pretty much change their whole team, yeah, in this one transfer window, which was just spectacular for them. And so, if Gareth Bale was to get injured and he was their team and they didn't have these players, I mean, they would have to when, when he wasn't in their lineup, they had to play a completely different game. They didn't have this big, 
secret weapon yeah. that was able to change a game in a, in one play. So now they have these five like or Torres. six players that these five or six players that can change a game. You know, oh, so amazing, man. amazing business on Tottenham, and I, and I think a lot of it has to do with AVB. I think his his influence over the team is is great. And we'll put this out there, but and I know this question's been asked a million times before, but if AVB was given the support that he needed to be given at Chelsea, I guarantee he would have probably done the exact same thing. But they had the Drogba's, the Czechs, the Terry's and Lampard's that controlled the team, and you know they, they're the ones that kind of, they always wanted to bring you back. They didn't, never wanted them gone, and they weren't going to accept any new change because they were the guys that ran the team, regardless who the manager was. And if he was able, if he got a bit of support to get them out, I think Chelsea would do what Tottenham is today. Well, exactly. We'll, there was, we'll get back to Chelsea later on. Uh, I just want to make one <laughs> point about the AVB point. Okay. Uh, I, I recall once they once they sacked AVB and then uh, Di Matteo uh, took over. They they had they they got a bunch of players. Uh, I'm I'm searching for names here, but I, I recall thinking. That wow, this is the oh, it was the following year when they got Azard and uh, Amada. Yeah, and yeah. and I was just thinking, it's like this was the team that, that AVB was wanted. trying to build. Yeah, yeah, and it's like okay, so you have the manager that you sacked that that was the team he wanted. So it's yeah, Chelsea, it's Chelsea, Abramovich. So um, Ivanovic. Transfer window, Manchester United. How many players did they sign? One. <laughs> and it, it it was it it all boils down to Moyes. I mean, he wanted to he wanted to take Everton's best players, and I guess it's well, it, it's, it's probably just it's commonplace because Manchester United always takes Everton's best players anyway. So he's just like, well, that's a natural progression. Uh, United always takes my best players. I go from Everton to United. I guess I just got to take Everton's best players. And I, I, I tweeted something last week where it's like Everton players are manufactured. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like it. I like it. And yeah, I yeah, I've read a couple of things. Leighton Baines really wanted to come, but uh, they didn't. I best I bet they missed his couple free kick goals. He uh, fantastic goals he my, scored. Uh, my fantasy team enjoyed those free kick goals. He has a <laughs> he has a great left foot. Uh, he's he, uh, some of his free kick goals are just are spectacular. If they, if if they were to move on Evra, who I hate. Not because I'm racist, and not because I'm Liverpool supporter. <laughs> no, because you, you know hate the French, <laughs> and not because I hate the French. I just think he's a shitty person. But uh, not that I've ever met him, and actually know his personality. Overrated. Um, yeah, I, yeah, he's, overrated. he is overrated. Which I think ninety percent of the Manchester United team is is overrated. And the thing that I'll come back to well, again later on the is they're getting fucking that. found out, and we'll come back to that. So Man City, mm-hmm. uh, they're looking good right now. They, they, look, they look good, obviously, for the last few years. They got some money. But, uh, you know, get rid of Mancini. They're not playing so defensive. Um, oh, they're attacking. like oh, They're attacking. And that's also, again, this is all the transfers. Like, look at the players that they brought in. Well, I, I have to say, like, at the start of the year, they had a couple iffy results. but Which, would it be expected, though, with, with new players, though? Yeah, new players, new managers. It's like the same thing with Tottenham, right? I thought yeah. they were going to steamroll Arsenal. And they... They couldn't score a goal. They couldn't score a goal in open play until the fourth game of the year because the first two games uh, came with penalties. Right. But, uh, yeah, with 
Um, uh, I think Pellegrini. He's more of a player's manager than uh, than, than Mancini, maybe. Mancini seemed more of a tactical guy, and like he can't he can't just seem like uh, Benitez in a way where like they're you know very very tactical, but you know players are players, and I'm the manager, and there's a very very defined line there where it, you know we're not going to have you know, sit down conversations and drink tea together. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Pellegrini brings he brings something new, right? To, to the table and I think I think the players are responding in uh in City they they made a couple of great transfers but then again they didn't get the you think of you think play, uh, people outside of England heard of Jesus Navas and so I, they brought I him did in. I'm in Canada I heard of him but I mean, yeah but I mean he's not the he's not the big name right and Negredo, they're they're not the even the, even the Spanish team. He's the guy that's on the bench usually. Exactly, like, right? So yeah. they didn't really bring in the the big big names. They brought in the the secondary names that everybody else wanted. They didn't bring a a Mario Goza or you know they didn't bring in that that top top tier name. But but, but do they need to though? They've already got Aguero. They've already got Jeco. They've already got Toure. Ah, Jeco, man, he's not doing good. For you look me at right you now. look at the back line they have. Uh, I mean, they could have. Uh, Pellegrini is I'm losing my thought here but Pellegrini is like he's letting Hart play but Hart's one of those guys like if you brought in like a number one keeper some people would be upset by it, but that would be one of those names but I mean like you're not going to bring in really a better striker than Aguero no you're not going to bring in oh, I, I agree. the wingers they have like you've already got Silva and Nasri like there's really not you can't really bring in any more sexier names I, oh, other, I, than, I, other than just to like to throw one over on like United like Steel Rooney or something like that but Believe I, I agree completely, a hundred percent, that if if you have the best team in Europe, not I'm not saying Man City does because they don't, but if you have the best best team in Europe, who says you have to change that? Who says you have to bring in other players just because other teams are changing what they're doing? If well, David Moyes does. He's you know they won the Premier League and now they're going to finish in six. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I think what, what City is doing is, I, I think they'll be up there in the end. Art, uh, they, they, third place, I think. Third place. All right, how old, how old is Romelu Lukaku? Bukaki? Lukaku. No, Lukaku, not Bukaki. Bukaki <laughs> is thousands of years old. Um, <laughs> and which will happen to you at the end of the video. Um, oh. No, Lukaku is what? Uh, 20? 20, I think. 20. He's only... Okay, would you... Might be him in 19, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, 19. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's, a, young he's a young player. kid. But he's drug. He is the next trouble. You yeah. look at him, you see him play, you see him score. He is the next. Like, he's already. He just couldn't dive as much. Yeah. He'll <laughs> learn. Yeah. He's not as strong um, as drug, but yeah. Well, he's a 19 year old. All right, if, if you were the manager of any club right now on the planet, okay, and you had a choice between two strikers. Yeah. You had a 19-year-old a version of Didier Drogba in Romelu Lukaku, or you had a 32-year-old version of Samuel Eto'o. Oh. And, I and, don't and, understand and, that transfer and you one had, bit, And you but... also had a, a, a 29-year-old version of Fernando Torres, who has been garbage since he left Liverpool. And so, also, no, no, since he cut his hair. <laughs> yeah, his I, hair, I yeah, think it has real. to do with cutting yeah. of the hair. <laughs> <laughs> and you also have Demba Ba, who yeah. I arguably, I think... He would be a better striker than the two that they're playing right now. Anyway, put together. So why in the fuck do you let Romelu Lukaku leave on alone? 
and then bring in Samuel Eto'o, who okay, he's like been playing. He's been playing at fucking Angie for for two years. Like I, I, I this I don't understand. I think what it has to do with Mourinho wants his players. <laughs> you got some sympathy from uh, from <laughs> Art's dog Ruff there. So <laughs> I think Mourinho just wants to. Like he'll he'll never come into a team and just take that team. Look what he did with Madrid. He came in, he bought Mezzaduzil, Sammy Kadira, you know. He he brought in uh who's that defender from Chelsea, uh, Carvalho. Yeah. It's like what, thirty eight at oh, the time? He brought him old. in hey, because man. Monaco bought Carvalho too though. Because that's his man. He bought him like he wants his team. Like he's the most arrogant manager I've I've ever known. He, he wants his team. He brought an Etu thinking that he's the 2007 version. Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, he's over the hill. Yeah. He, there's a reason why he won the Champions League with Inter Milan and then went to Anji. And that to take was, his 30000000 million yeah. euro payday. So, I, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to Chelsea at some point. But, um, just, Art, from, in your opinion, think, think across all of Europe, all the different mm-hmm. big clubs and stuff, even, even the small clubs... Who do you think is the best improved team after the transfer window? Honestly, I think it's Man City. Yeah? Yeah. Man City, best improved, for sure. Where do you see Man City in the season? Uh, Second place. Cool. Right behind Chelsea, unfortunately. You think Chelsea's going to win it? Yeah, I think Chelsea's going to win it again. Wow. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's a bold prediction right there. <laughs> it is. Best yourself? Who's best uh, improved? I'll go with two teams here. No. No, only one. Fuck. Fuck All your... right, one team. <laughs> I'll say I'll say Tottenham's the most improved. Tottenham's most improved? They, they've always had a... Um, uh, I think... I'll scratch what I just said there. But um, with Tottenham, I think that they've... What the fuck? <laughs> Good yeah, again? Tottenham, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, I, I think what Tottenham is they, they just revamped their their attacking system and with AVB he's got the players he wanted with with, with Tottenham you were never going to get the unlimited budget that you're going to have at a Madrid or at a Barcelona or at a Chelsea but what he did he took the transfer funds that he got from Bale which we talked about earlier and he just reinvested in all the players that he wanted and that would that would come and work under his system and so, so he got his players, and I think that that once that once the chemistry's there, I, I think they're they're gonna roll by teams, and if if they're able to keep that team together, I, I would not be surprised if they win the Premier this year, or if they at least win it next year. I, I Tottenham by far, they'll be in the Champions League next year, bar none. They'll be top four. I don't think they'll I'll, the I'll agree with that to a certain extent with Tottenham being like the most improved, but I I personally I think City is the team that they improved where they needed to improve to become that better team. Uh, let's say I'm a Liverpool supporter, but I look at the way the teams are playing right now, and I, I, I feel like City will, will win this year. But, you know, that's that's a long ways away. Let's We're just all, agree it's not Manchester United. Yeah, it's not Manchester <laughs> It's not Man U. So, um... Rudy's day is over. Last, Sorry, last week... <laughs> last week saw the return... The return of the Champions League. The Champions League. <laughs> 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 
Brought to you by Heineken. Um, now we're not drinking tonight. <laughs> so uh, the first thing I want to say is, well, it's kind of rewinding a few seconds, but fucking Chelsea versus Basel. Well, you know. At Stamford Bridge. Well, you know. With, at uh, Stamford Bridge. Yes. But if we. At Stamford Bridge. <laughs> if we can remember a couple of years ago, who knocked out Manchester United? Bayern. That's true. You know what? They, they, they've got quite the reputation of, uh, of claiming not, the big skull. every answer is Bayern. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, did, no, but right? it's true, though. The, 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 this team, which it's a fucking thing to think about because it's like the, the British media who are an interesting animal in themselves. Well, the British media looks down like, oh, they're a nothing team. They're a nothing team from Switzerland. You look at the Swiss teams, they're very good. You look at the Belgium, like even the Belgium national team, like you look at those players individually, oh, where they are. Fantastic. Amazing. And these are small little countries. And yeah, Basel has done this. Basel fucked up Liverpool a couple of years ago too. Like they're, they're a good small club and they've got a lot of belief in themselves that they can take out these bigger teams. And they proved that against Chelsea and they made Chelsea look stupid. Well, and I'd like to actually know a stat when the last time Chelsea lost a Champions League game at home. Or even a uh, European With game. Mourinho. With Mourinho, As yeah. well. I, I don't think it's happened, to be honest with you. And you, you look at the, the players that they lost. Like, the, the team that, that beat out Manchester United, it had Granit Xhaka, who's now at Gladbach, and Jirden uh, Sakiri, who's at Bayern. These are two big players that, are, that, they're, that the Swiss national team is founded on. And Shakiri is a big player because he looks like a fucking rugby player now, too. Oh, he's... This guy put like 90 pounds of muscle. muscle. He's nah. He spits muscle. <laughs> he's a great player. But uh, I think, you know, I, I think Mourinho thought he was just going to go back to Chelsea and, you know, it's just going to be easy. And, well, you know what? Since he's been there, football's changed a lot. When, when was the last... Was it eight years since he's been there? Or? Uh, well, he spent... He spent Two years at Inter, and he spent three years at Madrid. Where he destroyed Bayern. I think some of it. I think it was like five years when he was gone. But still, but five still years. Is, it's a long time, you yeah. know. Frank Lampard and John Terry aren't the players that they were five years ago. Mind you, John Terry is still fucking his friends' wives. So John <laughs> Terry is still the same player he was five years ago. If I could be him a terrible player and fucking all my friends' wives, I'd take it. <laughs> okay. We're no longer friends. <laughs> but I, I think a, a, lot ha, a lot has to do with the arrogance of the Premier League, I think. That they think that the, the, like some of these teams can just steamroll these other teams from Switzerland. And wait, well, you know what? These Not teams anymore. have academies have coming changed. up. And they yeah. have these... These brilliant young players that are coming up that are, you know what, on their day, they can match the big stars. Yeah, but the English teams bought the best players. Wait, and that's why the English teams change their teams every year. And that's why the English national team hasn't won a World Cup since 1966. <laughs> you know what, I actually do have a theory about that. Yeah. That, uh... Um, Wait, I, actually, I, it's like, it's like uh, uh, your, your league revenue... It equates the complete opposite of your success on the European stage. Uh, uh, that could be it. <laughs> but in the early 90s when the Premier League only had... You were only allowed to have three imports. 
in in the in the 90s their teams could actually compete i mean they they were knocked out i think uh, euro 96 by the germans on penalty kicks yeah and since then they haven't really gone gone deep into a tournament i mean we can remember back into what uh 2010 their their embarrassing exit yeah 2012, I mean, they fared a little bit better. But at the furthest we've gone, like the last eight tournaments is in semifinals. Exactly. So I think a lot has to do with uh, all the uh, all these imports coming in and they're infusing their own style into the game. And you look at the top four clubs in in uh, in the Prem, and who are their star players? They're all imports. They're not domestics. Yeah. Minus maybe Rooney, but even though I don't think he's the best player on United. You look at who their stars are. I would say Robin Van Persie, uh, Arsenal. Now I would say Mesut Uzil. Maybe before Jack Wilshire. So I guess you could give that. But uh, Chelsea, you would have what, Juan Mata, and Manchester City, you would have uh, David Silva. So I mean, you're forgetting Gerard. <laughs> So, out of the four top teams, their four best players are all imports. What does that tell you about it? It says a lot, actually. Um, just one quick thing I just want to say. As a Liverpool supporter who has had an acrimonious uh, love-hate relationship with our ownership over the last eight, nine years, um, Rafa Benitez, who recently Woo! got Chelsea to a Europa League championship, in the midst of, like, 80% of the supporters of that club hating him and wanting him to fuck off, still won that championship. Um, is now with Napoli, and I, I may be wrong, but I, I think Napoli is undefeated or something. They are undefeated like and just claimed a very big scalp in Dortmund. Yeah. <laughs> However, that game was probably the... I'm not making excuses, but just the game from hell for Dortmund. I mean, uh, the first goal... Came when oh, Sibicic was, was off, bullshit. and he, you know, he was nursing a. Uh, Fuck the refs on that game, man. Uh, he still had blood on him, so they won't let him arrive uh, back on the pitch. Klopp, he gets sent to the stands. Uh, Feller gets sent off, but either way, I mean, I, I always said Napoli was going to be the, probably the toughest team in that group by far. Which is and, interesting to think, like the players they've sold in the last two years too. Well, because they've they've sold a lot of huge players in the last two years. I, I, it's it's funny because the French league is trying to, and you know what the this whole Paris Saint Germain and Monaco they're really destroying the French league just because turning to you're, you're not going to have you're not going to have Olympic Lyonnais who actually have some they actually have some history right they're, they're never going to make it back to the Champions League again. Um, we got Marseille. Marseille, they're not going to be there either. It's going to it's going to be Monaco and PSG because they have these owners that can just infuse all this cash into them. So um, you're really seeing the the, the French league is going to die. It's it's not interesting. And on the weekend we had El Cachico, as, <laughs> as as you can say, and it was a rather lackluster one one draw. But uh, back to Napoli. Who, who scored that in that game? Uh, the big schnoz, Ibrahimovic, and Falcao. You gotta li- uh, just segue real quick. Uh, you gotta listen. There's an interview in the Beeb with Zlatan, and it's it's awesome. Oh, this guy it's is 45 phenomenal. Minutes. It's just, I, I love him. I, I love him. Anyways, but, uh, uh, so, yeah, back to Napoli. It's they, they, 
the the whole transfer business has just it it's worked around like a circle. So you have um, PSG who bought uh, so. Uh, PSG pretty much funded the move for Gareth Bale. So PSG, right. for sixty million, gave Napoli for Edison Cavani. Napoli then in turn gave Bye that Higuain. sixty million for Iguain, um, uh, Carival, and Albiol from right. uh, Madrid. Gave them the sixty million. What does Madrid do? They take that $60 million plus their bank debt, whatever they have, $600 million in bank debt. So they take another loan. Not a big deal when you're worth $3 it's, billion. It's just the Spanish economy. Who exactly. <laughs> and uh, they turn, they flip that money to, to uh, Tottenham. They get their player that they want, blah, blah, blah. They sign the biggest star. Like and in terms, they give away one of their best players to Arsenal. And uh, so, pretty much, they didn't even have to pay for that because Napoli and, or you can even go back further and say PSG and Arsenal paid for Gareth Bale. So what you're saying is America bought Gareth Bale. America did because <laughs> yes. America owns oil because they're the ones that they got the thing where they invaded that country that one time. America, like the whole bombing the towers, like, hey, let's go to this country, but it's like it was the wrong country. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> But yeah. So, but but I was saying before, uh, before the season started, when when I when I saw the the transfers that Napoli were doing, and you know the coaching decisions they said they they made, and I was saying uh, Napoli is they're they're going to be they're going to be the team to beat this year. Well, one thing uh, that I wanted to bring up, just because that I, I, I you know I brought up Benitez kind of for a reason. Is uh, we look, we look at the results of Chelsea recently. We've got uh, they lose a Premier League game and a Champions League game, basically back to back. Yeah. And last year Benitez, you know, he was getting he was getting lambasted just for winning games sometimes. Yeah. Um, had he lost a league game and a Champions League game back to back last season, what do you think would have happened? Well, I think with Abramovich, he just wanted to... No, no, but it's not Abramovich, though. I'm I'm talking about the the supporters. Because the supporters, even though Mourinho has lost those two games back-to-back, they're still wanting to suck Jose's dick. But Benitez, had had he done the exact same thing, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't a lynch mob out for him. That's true. I think it's once... Once people build a hero up in their mind which they've you know what I, I think a lot has to do with Mourinho delivered their first their first league crown in how many years 50 50 maybe could be job. even yeah, more it was, than it was, that. It, was, it was 50 years at the time fuck you and Rams. so it like it's similar to Aguero it doesn't matter what he does for Man City for the rest of his life if he even left for Manchester United tomorrow if that was possible. But if he left in January and went to United, he if, would still... If he was a moron. Yeah. He would still go down as the greatest legend in Manchester uh, City's history for winning them the crown with no time left. Exactly. The last, and then uh, 
we can talk about that shit so so that's why i think <laughs> that's why i think Mourinho kind of has a pass no matter what he does at at uh but is no matter a, what he does but is that City. a bad thing though for a club, is that a bad thing to, to just get that the automatic morals? pass? The, like, yeah, you know, we did something awesome once upon a time, and you're here, so we're going to give you that credit. Like, I think that can only go so far. And no, I, and I think I if, if you're if you're a proper supporter, you should you should still be able to, like you know call that shit out and and say like because I I'll still say I feel like the shit against Benitez was unfounded. That was just personal vendetta stuff because he was a Liverpool manager because he said shit about Chelsea at the time. The guy got the, got the job. On his, on his own personal reasons, his own results. Oh, I, I agree completely. And, and I don't want to make this a Benitez thing, but I'm just saying. You know. Oh, in the same sense of Arsene Wenger has been wrestling on his laurels for eight years. I mean, they haven't won a trophy in eight years. Which, and they technically became a selling club until the signing of Uzil. And now everybody loves him because he made that one signing. One signing. One signing. One signing. But <laughs> and I still love the fact that joke. Welcome to the trend. Can we, can we reenact the joke for a second? Mm. Okay. Gus, did you hear? <clears throat> What's that? Ozil filled his, uh, his physical at Arsenal today. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> he had an asthma attack when he smelled the dust coming out of the trophy cabinet. <laughs> Nasri Zabaleta Aguero. That little flick from Nasri to Zabaleta... Completely fucked up the defense. Yeah. Zabaleta, like, instantaneously sends that cross across. Cross across. Yeah, there you go. And then Aguero, like, anybody that watches football knows that takes a hell of a lot of skill to put your foot out, the angle that he did, to be kind of falling backwards the exact same time, and to be able to guide that ball back in towards the net the way they did. Yeah. That first goal was fucking beautiful to watch. Oh, for sure. I think... Uh, it all came from where Nasri created space for himself, right? Created space and time and waited, as you saw, he pulled he it back and waited for Zabaleta's run to yeah, come. Because Valencia then, wasn't even fucking paying attention. No. So just a perfect wait in time and created the space, slipped it behind, sent the ball to Zabaleta, cross, back of the net, 1-0, game changed. Yeah. That that's the the biggest thing that changes games are goals, right? Because if you're heading into the 70th minute zero zero and you're on your heels, you know all I have to do is all we have to do is go ahead and get one goal. Right. But uh, getting the first goal and what, what was that the 10th 15th minute? It wasn't yeah, long. Yeah, it was very early on in the match, and uh, it changed the game forever. One thing they noticed during the match was too is like how many times they kept doing close up shots of Fellaini when shit would go wrong. And you would see him, like, like a really disappointed face or, like, yelling at something. All the thing is, like, dude, you wanted to go there. Yeah. Like, this is well, the team you wanted to join. Did it, you not see this coming? Right. He's, he's coming where he was the big fish in a small pond. And now he's just... Uh, you know what? He's not the most now he, technically now he's, gifted. Now he's a, a kind of okay fish in an overhyped pond. Oh, I, I agree completely. And... United is being found out for what they are—a very average squad. That's a that's a ma- very major point. That I've been saying since since day one, since the day that Fergie but finally. You know, we gotta give it. RVP was not playing. Fuck that. Since the moment that Fergie, since the moment that Fergie said that's he was this, the moment that he retired, though, I, I I've been saying it like all summer long. It's like okay, United is going to get found out this year because that influence on the sideline is no longer there. Yeah, he's he's not there pulling any more strings. You don't have that guy there. 
and United will get found out. All those games that they win the last minute or draw the last minute, they're going to lose all those points because United's not actually that good of a squad anymore. Well, do, do you think that... Uh, and I don't... i be honest with you, I don't think RVP would have really changed that much of that I don't, I don't because the midfield was completely overrun. Like, do do yeah. you uh, think that Moyes has the type of influence over the players that... Ferguson no. did? I Not don't know. Not at all. Because Ferguson Ferguson was the kind of guy where like like I I I, I love and respect him at the same or I hate and respect him at the exact same time because you know allegiances but also his man management style. He's the kind of guy where he, he will be that father figure to a player, but then he will also get in his face and tell him when he's playing like a piece of shit. He's the same manager that sold David Beckham when he was on top of the world. Exactly. Did he not? Yeah, I mean, he's the same he's, guy that when fucking Ruth Vanilsoy was one of the best strikers in the world, he just froze out and got rid of. He's, he's the kind of guy, like, as soon as he, he knows that things need to change, he will change it. And, he might have and, been the last manager in the game to pretty much tell a player, fuck you, this is my team. Yeah, we'll, we'll never see that again because because now it's... The players make players too much. Players have too much money, too much control. They've got agents, managers. I mean, I, I want to bring up... France, 2010. Oh, you they, mean, they got. Per- you mean when everyone decided, "Fuck you, we're uh, not practicing." Demichelis or whatever, whatever his name. Is. I wasn't Demichelis. <laughs> uh, I want to say when the when the I French say Laurent fu- Blanc, but no, I don't think it was. It wasn't Blanc. It was. Uh, it's that guy. It was that fucking. Oh, that, that I guy. I can see his face right yeah, now with the glasses. With the glasses and, and the but either way, hair, Mr. Silver Fox. That that's that's the way. Sport- Arsene Wenger. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the way it is right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the players, if they want a manager gone, he's he's gone. Look at Chelsea. Exactly. Yeah. What? It's, it's eight managers shit. in the last four We're, years. We'll we'll never see another. And, and I, I hate to praise this fucker at the same time, but we'll never see a manager like Fergie ever again. Um. One of the things I noticed too at one point was that possession at one point, I think it was within the first 20 minutes, possession was 70% City, 30% United. It was like that the entire match. Yeah? Yeah. Which, yeah. that's that's a fucked up thing for United. Like, for, United, for United usually, yes. they're not necessarily the always going to win, not always going to like always win the possession, but they're going to be a lot closer to it. It's going to be close to like a 40, 60, 50, 50, somewhere in there, but like never to be out. It, it looked like much. they didn't deserve to be on the pitch. And as the result, it looked like City was playing a Crystal Palace. Yeah. They, they, they did not look bothered whatsoever. The one thing, I remember um, Nazri's goal. Navas, he, he, it looked like he walked to the other end of the pitch. There, yeah. was, there was no pressure on him whatsoever. You had the three defenders running back, and you had the, the fourth defender that was on the inside running alongside him. No one was closing him down whatsoever. Navas wasn't even trying to run at that point. It, you look at this team, and, and, and I, they're, they're, they're shit. They're, they're just shit. And the funny thing is, they're the champions. Yep. They're, they're the guys that won this league last season. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think they're going to finish higher than sixth. Well, okay, I, fourth. I was... <laughs> okay, who's, who's your top four, Art? <laughs> Who's your top four? I think Manchester United, Tottenham, Man City. Okay, start, start from the top. Start yeah, from first start place. From who's who's, gonna, who's winning the league one. and go down? Number one, the league winners, Chelsea. Okay. And then? Man City. Okay. Tottenham. Okay. okay. 
Manu and number five Liverpool. You think that United is going to finish higher than Arsenal? Yep. I think so. I don't think. Okay, I'm going to have to disagree just because Arsenal, they still got their, their culture there. They've got Arsene Wenger who knows what he wants. That, that's why I. Does he? I, I, does he? I like thought he let the, a whole transfer just go by. And yeah. Wenger and, wants and got the Champions best, League every year is what he wants. And got the best player in the transfer window. United is making a massive change, the first thing they've ever seen in 27 years. This is a complete restructure of everything. Everything around the club, like they have the directors still, but like everything, how the club is run day to day is completely different. There, there was some and they don't have that belief. They don't have that backbone behind them. There was some interesting stuff I read about if there was any year for Arsenal to come and take that league crown would be this year. With the top four, three of the, the managers of the top four are all new. Pellegrini, Mourinho, and Moyes. Yeah. Right? So th- there's, there's a changing of the guard there. All the teams have to learn how to play again. They have to learn what this new manager wants, how he wants to play, new philosophy. Yes. And so how I personally think uh, the top four is going to finish, I think Tottenham's going to be number one. All, it's going to be close, though. I think Tottenham, uh, City, uh, Arsenal, I think those will be your top three. Then you get Chelsea in there. And I think Chelsea and United will fight for fourth. However, <laughs> no one I, says Liverpool. Why? <laughs> however, I, I, I don't. I completely won't be surprised if United finishes sixth or seventh. They're just not. There just doesn't seem to be that heart there anymore. I mean, Rooney. It, I, you could question his heart since day one. There, I don't think there's any belief in that team. The way I'm looking at, it, I feel uh, my top two is gonna be Tottenham and Chelsea. Or my not Chelsea, Tottenham and, and City are going to be the two teams fighting it out. And then I think your next mix is Arsenal, Liverpool, and Chelsea. Chelsea. And then United is the guys chasing in. I can agree Because I, I, I look at Liverpool just from obviously a big bias perspective, but also on a, on a, on a bigger perspective as far as like uh, results. That loss on the weekend was the first time they lost since February or March. Which again was against Southampton. Um, I may be mistaken, but I'm, I'm positive that Liverpool still has the best since since they entered the transfer window, the best set of results out of all the teams in the English league. Um, the fact that they can stay tied for first without Luis Suarez, yeah, is I think that says volumes. And like this week, we already beat United once without Suarez. This week we have Suarez coming back. Mind you, we don't have Coutinho. We won't have Coutinho for a few weeks. But I think you have Sturridge, Coutinho, Suarez, Moses, Gerard. Throw other players in the mix there. Sometimes uh, I the the question. I, I feel like Liverpool's back in the top four this year. Sometimes the question I have to ask though is a team sometimes better without a big star like that or a big rogue as Suarez is. Yeah, uh, that that's a good point. But the the way I would look at it is that. Before Suarez got his suspension last year, that good stretch of games where Suarez, Coutinho, and Serge were all playing together, we were scoring goals to no end. It was yeah. such yeah, a fierce long team. Like, Suarez doesn't have to be the guy in the middle. He, he, he has no problem being out wide and drawing attackers to him 
and walking around them and also finding continual or surge. So I personally, I, I feel like we aren't going to have an issue. Um, but one thing that I, I do want to talk about, though, is uh, moving on from this weekend's games is just just a couple of interesting points before we finish this up. Um, there there was a there was a poll recently done at Barcelona. Yeah. All right, you might find this really interesting. Is that uh, the club put up this poll like pick from our current squad, pick your your favorite starting eleven. Interesting part of this: two percent of the polls that came in did not select Messi. Wow. Two percent, and Sandro Rossell uh, pretty much lost his shit. Like he was saying that he wanted to find who these fans were. Why are you <laughs> saying these things? Like, can Conspiracy you, can you theorist it? in me wants to say that was just Madrid fans that were in the poll. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think that you, is is there any is there any you know realistic reason why that would it be? Well, are there people swayed by the new Neymar introduction, or are people just fucking retarded? I, I think it could be, you know, like football's a team game, right? So any like anything that's too self dependent on one one entity, which is Lionel Messi, could be could be damaging almost. So it's like every attack has to build through Messi. Everything everything has to be going through Messi where you have these other fantastic stars. Xavi who's been the best midfielder for the last six years. Iniesta. Now they have Neymar and, you know, Pedro and the the names can go on forever at Barcelona. So but for him to not be there, well, let, let's be honest, that's Well and realistically the only the only time that the only time they've had bad results is since Guardiola left. Well no, no one football system is self-sustaining for for an years. Of time. No, of course, people, people learn how to adapt to it. They're people learn to how to defend it. it, learn how to counter it, and learn how to beat it. And you saw, well, last year was kind of a bogey year for Barcelona with uh, Tito Villanova or Villanova, you know, his Losing cancer and everything, and. Uh, you know they, they they were found out for what they really were an attacking con- uh, possession controlling team, but when they were hit on the counter or defended well, they were a very average team. They, their defense was really really poor. And I mean, what was what did Bayern beat them seven or eight zero in aggregate? Last I think it was seven last year. Yeah, so seven and and the games. It's not even like the games were close. Like the games were. We're just slaughters. So, no... But the year before, or the two years before, we were slaughtered 4-0. What, against Barcelona? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was at the height of Guardiola's reign. That was also Bayern's B-squad. But, <laughs> it's... Excuses, excuses. <laughs> no... No one football way can be played forever and ever, and no one... No one can find it out. It's just like Spain was the best team for six years. Look what happened in the Confederations Cup. They were humiliated by Brazil. This is true. And no one system can play the same way. No one manager or team can play the same way. Yeah, you, and, you have to uh, adapt to what the game Jose is. Mourinho has decided that Juan Mata 
does not fit in the Chelsea team that does feature Fernando Torres and Samuel Eto'o. Well, th- this is this is a this is ridiculous. I mean, Mourinho has a has a history of ruining players. I mean, Casillas has been known as one of the best, if not the best, goalkeepers in the past ten years, and he was on the bench for the last year of his, of Mourinho's tenure in Madrid. And don't don't get me wrong, Diego's a good goalie, but he's no Casillas. And never will be. And Kaká, I mean, great player. I don't really think he fit the Madrid mold mold, so I think I think he went to Madrid the wrong. I think it was too late when he went to Madrid anyways. Uh, I agree as well, but with with this whole Juan Mata, he was voted Chelsea's best player for the last two years, and he's not even in this. The fact that he's not even starting, he wasn't even sitting on the bench. I mean, and and who's ahead of him on, on, on the bench? Torres. <laughs> yeah, players like Fernando Torres, but that's a, that's the the most messed up thing is like a player like Juan Mata who has been since the first game that he played in the Premiership was extremely influential, and suddenly he's you know he's a, he's an outsider. I think I, I mentioned this earlier is that Mourinho wants to leave his stamp. He doesn't want anybody else to tell him how his team has to be run. He wants his that, that's the arrogance of it of is Jose and Mourinho. downfall at the same time because it's even though it is his team at the time, it's not his club. Yeah. It'll never be his club. It's his supporters club. And if that means I don't know, I think for whatever personal reasons you have with the player and just Benching them for no reason, or not even benching them, putting them in fucking reserves. Yeah, especially for a good young player like like Mata. Um, so this weekend, so this weekend we saw a, a very interesting anomaly. Okay, Barcelona lost possession battle for the first time in three hundred and seventeen matches. Wow, but still won four 0 well, there's been a lot of a lot of analysts out there that said possession doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the possession battle. It matters what you do with that possession that you have. Very true. And I mean, 317 matches. That's that's nearly seven. That's years. what six years? <laughs> seven almost, years. Almost seven years. That's that's a phenomenal that's record. A I don't think that will ever be broken. I don't think so either. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, over that time, it, they've lost games. So, it just shows you that possession isn't everything. The last time I read... <clears throat> the last time I read the, the, the stats for Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. uh, his goal-scoring record at that time... I think it was a couple games ago, but his goal-scoring record at that time for Madrid, 203 goals yeah. in 203 matches. Okay. How long can he keep that sort of pace up? And will we ever see any player that can score one goal a game ever again for a club? Well, I think with, uh, with the... Uh, La Liga is a, is a different beast in itself that the two top teams in uh, Real and Barcelona is that their wage bill is around 200, 200 million a year. And, and the Which lowest... is what I carry in my shoe. <laughs> 
<laughs> where where the lowest teams on that are maybe 15 to 20 mil. Right. So you have these these stars of Ronaldo, who he's making more in one year than the whole team's being paid. So I don't really think the level of competition in La Liga from top to bottom is the greatest. So for him to go scoreless against the top teams, but score three or four goals a game against... Uh, Elche and Atletico Bilbao, it doesn't really. I, I don't really take that stat that Let's seriously, to be honest with Rav you. Cano and Zanagosa, so, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't really. Uh, I don't really take that stat too seriously to think he's he's the greatest ever. So this weekend we have uh, what what game? What are the big games on the docket this weekend, Gus? Uh, Tottenham Chelsea looks like uh, looks like it could be a great London derby. Uh, and to be honest, I think uh, I think Tottenham's going to do it. Uh, Chelsea just looked out of sorts. They had a lackluster two nil victory against Fulham. Uh, Gary Cahill said, "Oh, you know this this proves the doubters wrong." It's what. Uh, 2-0 against one of the worst teams in the league. Doesn't prove anything. And you had to wait until, what, the 70th, 80th minute to score, so... It's like being, Ch- it's like being the fat kid at high school and proving you're a tough guy. Yeah, so... Chelsea's in a, in a spiral right now. Marino doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, th- there's going to be a lot of squad... Um, a lot of unsettlement in that squad. What so. do you think, Art? I think Chelsea's going to take it. What's uh, what's his what's his scoreline prediction? Three nil. Who's your goal scorers? Do you have any? Uh, don't pick Juan Mata. Who, who, he's okay, who, who, are, who, who are your who are your strikers? Uh, ba, Eto, or Torres? All I three, think gonna, two. Is it his debut? No, no. Eto's played a couple games. Okay. So who's who's your strikers? Do you have one? Do you have two? Do you have I'm three? I'm gonna say Eto is gonna be one. Okay. Do you have Ba Torres? No, not Ba. Torres for sure won because he always sneaks in a stupid fucking goal. Like he does against Germany? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> every fucking year. That and I think uh, Ivanovic. Ivanovic? Ivanovic, you know what? That, that's why, he I, does, have, he does that's why I have him in my fantasy team because he always pops him with fucking goals. He's, he's like, I, I want to look these stats up. I, Pretty sure he's one of the best goal scoring defenders ever. Yeah. Um, we also so, have the uh, defender. <laughs> we have the the Madrid, the Madrid derby this weekend. We got um, Real versus Atletico. Yeah. Any thoughts? That, that's an interesting game. I mean, I think Madrid Atletico is. is does Ancelotti lose more points, and does actually Gareth Bale play this weekend? Well, Atletico is. You know what? We're get, we're gonna find out if they're real this year. You know, they're in the Liga, there's always that team that sticks around to match day five or six or seven that, that stick up there and, you know, they win all their games. And then, you know, they come against Barcelona, Real Madrid, and they just come apart. But yeah, just get destroyed. I think with uh, David Villa, I mean, he's off to a flying start at, at uh, Atletico, and it, it, it'll be interesting. I don't think they can, they can match the firepower that, obviously, Real has, but... On the counterattack, Real is susceptible to to it. So The only question I have about that game, though, is uh, is Villa better than Falcao? 
Personally, I don't think so. I, I, I think Falcao <laughs> is probably one of the best strikers in the world, but he is just money hungry. I think yeah. Villa just got lucky for seven thousand years. Well, we're uh, we're 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 pretty much done here, but I I do want to I want to have at least one consistent weekly segment that we always you know repeat and just you know determine whether. This exists anymore. So, Art, um, in your opinion, I need to know right now: Is TFC Toronto FC still shit? Did we win last week? I don't even watch no, the game. I'm pretty sure we lost. Yeah, but we however, lost two-one, didn't we? However, I wanted to say we scored. We scored. They went from twenty thousand a night. And I maybe saw a hundred people in that crowd. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's falling apart. It's read... depressing as shit. Former mayor David Miller sent his tickets back and read a huge letter and stuff. And... I I read that. No, they're shit. They're thinking they're gonna about lose folding every single it. Fucking game. They're thinking about folding them. No, I'm surprised, man, because it's... they're not making money. They can't be. Okay. Not at this point. I feel, I feel like we should just keep talking, and you can just edit whatever the fuck you want. But <laughs> I want to bring up something. All right, now. I would not be surprised. I didn't answer my question. I don't care if you did. But if this was 2012. Well, that's, that's the segment, though. I want Art's answer on that. that. That's the one weekly segment I want is Art's response to, is TFC still shit? So, all right, we'll get that. Oh, shit. So. Sorry, I just knocked off my mic. Hello, Lavalier. So, December 23rd. Thanks for knocking the mic. So de- <laughs> December 23rd, 2012, the Mayans predicted that the world was going to end. Now, if that happened, <laughs> if that was going to take place this week, I yeah. said I would say, you know what? There's possible it's possible that could have happened. You know why? No, why? Mario Balotelli missed a penalty kick. What? Yes. Career 27 for 27 in I professional was games. I going to say, he like had, that, that was like an amazing 27 for 27. Now, I've, I've looked at a lot of his penalty kicks. And his penalty kicks were not unsavable. The thing that he did, he faked out the goalie. Yeah, he always had like a, a he exuded confidence when he took that kick. And he just, he knew that it doesn't even matter if he's going to tap the ball, side for the ball, or smash the ball, the keeper was going the wrong way. So he, he, his penalty kick was saved. And you know who, who it was saved by, Justin? No. Pepe Reina. Ah, oh, Who, I thought they were going to rename the goalkeeping howler to Pepe Reina. <laughs> because... Let's 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 be honest here. I mean, how many brain farts has he had in net? The Le- last, Le- leave the your last bias pe- aside. Oh uh, yes, yes. Okay. And let us know how many. I can. Pepe. Okay. Pepe okay. Arena let, let us know. He's had a few erratic moments. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's had some fucking brilliant moments too. But yeah, he's had some like moments where just like, oh, what the fuck? I can I can still see that. Sergio Aguero goal. That was like, what were you doing? 
I can still see that fucking Sunderland goal with the beach ball that no one's like, hey, that shouldn't have been allowed to go in. (laughs) But, fuck's sake. So Pepe Reina, the human goalkeeping howler. He's no Jersey Dudek, though. Saved. Goddamn Polish bastard. (laughs) Saved a Mario Balotelli penalty kick. So if this was December 20th, 2012, and he did that, I would say, yes, the world is going to end in three days. This has been a crazy week in football. It has. And long may they continue. Great theater. <laughs> All right, do we have any other topics to just talk about? That's, we can kind of... We should probably just wrap it up then. Just kind of say our goodbyes. I haven't finished my TFC skit. Do I do I like do a retake on it? Yeah, yeah, do a retake. I mean, this is all just running, right? You're gonna get it later and do what you want to it. Right. Oh, we didn't even discuss anything about Champions League at all. No, we did some. I mean, some. we talked to extent about a ton of stuff. We've been talking for like two over two hours. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> all right, so our. Uh, I want to do this this ongoing segment. I know we're going to like change the evolution of this show as we kind of go on, and we're going to make some adjustments to it and stuff. But one thing I want to keep consistent, because we are from Toronto. Um, I, oh, I, you just said that like a Yankee. Toronto? Tura- I mean Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> we're from Toronto. We're from Toronto. It's like a Toronto boy. We are from okay, Toronto, Ontario, and uh, we must add Canada in case you didn't know where Ontario was. Cause th- anyways. Um, Toronto, Canada. So, our, uh, this is one thing I want to do every week, um, because we are from, we are from Toronto. Um, I want to check it with you and, and ask you one simple question, man. Is Toronto FC still shit? They're shit. <laughs> Complete How shit. shit. How shit? Just How terrible. I don't know. Like, when... when the second I started not believing in them anymore was when we lost to the worst team in the league. But All we had to worst. do was tie. It was, well, 2011, 2012? No, 2011. We were just going to get into the playoffs. All we had to do was tie with the last, the worst team in the league, Who was New that? York Red Bulls. Red Bulls. And we lost what? And we lost 4 0. 4 0. And right then you knew they That's were shit That's when I burnt my... T- no, I didn't burn it. But, but I, I hung up my TFC jersey back in my closet. But we've, we've still gone to, to Skydome two times. And we, we've watched them. Dressed like clowns? <laughs> dressed yeah. like clowns and see the, the season opener. Yeah. And this year was fucked because we went to go to see the, the season opener at Skydome. Yeah. And we won two. Because that's the only football we have in Canada. Uh, I know. We saw Panathinaikos and Inter Milan a couple years ago. That's <laughs> okay. That's okay. Watch Liverpool play TFC, yeah. I mean, that's a reason we went, because Liverpool was playing. I, didn't, I wouldn't go watch TFC play. I got to meet Ian Rush. That blew my mind. That was awesome. They're shit. They're complete shit. shit. Whoever has season's tickets, I feel bad for you. No one has them anymore. <laughs> Even someone who's there is giving them back. David Miller, you're a good guy. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that's about it then. So uh, for the footy chat, uh, this is week number one. 
We'll see you next yeah, week. Yeah, let's let's call our we'll call ourselves the Footy Chat. Yeah, Footy Chat. Yeah, that's it. So uh, until next week, we got Gusset, RP, and I'm Justin Chambers. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. He's <laughs> just like, go fuck yourself, Planet Earth. <laughs> and. Go fuck yourself.